How's everybody doing tonight in the Quantum Realm? Hey there, guys and gals, geeks and gamers. You're listening to the Nerd of Godcast, that place on the Venn diagram of life where Christ culture and nerd culture find sweet, sweet two-player co-op. Hello, 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 and welcome back to your Nerd of Godcast, that place where when the opening credits roll, you know that you want to stay there till the very end because there's always a post credit scene, and it usually teases what's coming next. I don't know. Could be something, could be nothing. Maybe at the end of the show, we'll all just be sitting around the table eating shawarma. But the important thing is, we'll all be together. Yeehaw. You, us, and uh, we're going to be talking about all the things that make us geek out and give glory to God. My name is Tony T, your happy, humble host, and uh, I'm not going to be doing this thing by myself. Uh, sitting to my right, she is sometimes sassy and always classy from the island of enchantment. Would you please welcome lovely Lady Lismati. That's me. Sassy I am. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Did you just call yourself a sassy yam? Yep. <laughs> All right. A nice I feisty sweet potato. Smotty, feistiest sweet potato of them all. Uh, <laughs> keeping this party going, he has often imitated, never successfully duplicated, not even under the most pristine laboratory conditions. Would you please welcome your friend and mine, Quentin Gregory Neff. Duplicated eye French fry. <laughs> yeah, is this like a science fair produce aisle thing? I don't know what's going on. I don't know how to follow this. This, potato. the strangest episode of Veggie Tales I've ever seen. Would you rather me be a tater tot? Were there sweet potatoes on Veggie Tales? I've never seen no. one. I think there was one. No, no. I've never seen one. She's was, a Veggie Tale like aficionado. Yeah, man, Veggie Tales. Enthusiast. Veggie Tales are like oh, all of a sudden we find out they're discriminatory against sweet potatoes. Like Beauty, beauty oh, and the Beast. No, I think, not had. in this climate. Yams need not apply. <laughs> Were there regular potatoes? I don't know. I don't remember seeing it. No. So, so maybe oh, maybe no. they did fruits Wait, and yeah, veggies, yeah, lead. but no tubers. Maybe I'm that sorry, was the what? thing. And the signs say Mr. Lunt. He's a, I think he's a gourd. Yeah. Who is? There's a potato. I, I know don't think there is. All right, the research department will let us know. Please, if you're out there and you can find us a yam or a potato, we just need a starchy vegetable. For the love of God, let us know what's going on in the vegetarian universe, please. For the love of God. Uh, over there, currently Googling VeggieTail starch-based vegetable tubers, uh, she is the star of stage and screen, beloved by children, buoyant, and uh, giving us all just a little bit of abandonment issues. Would you please welcome <laughs> the notorious JCC, Julia Cameron Colazzo. Why, hello there, friends. And, I have no potato puns. And, I'm sorry for this, uh, <laughs> this shortcoming of mine. That's all right. The, the, I, I find the potato puns have appeal. But then... <laughs> but then <laughs> yeah, I have an eye for these kind of things. Wait, do potatoes have eyes? The eyes of potatoes, right? Corns, yes. ha corns have ears. What? Uh, <laughs> thank you, Julia. Thank you, Julia. Um, <laughs> keep it going. Keep this party going. You're all laughing. It was very funny. <laughs> Sitting across from me and not having a, a, a proper introduction for you in the in the chamber here, I will say she is the mistress of Vault Thirty One, our internet small group uh, for ladies. Would you please welcome Megacon Liz? Yo yo yoey, it is Lizzie. Sorry, 
<laughs> so excited. I thought it was so cool in my head. That was, that was a <laughs> Wait, the hands, right. the energy, the excitement, oh, yeah. and then the immediate withdrawal yeah. of everything. It was a lot cooler is, in my head. No, that's a, this is a merchandise opportunity. All the kids oh, are going to want t-shirts that say, yo, 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 it is it's Lizzie. <laughs> this is Lizzie. That might have worked better if your name was Zoe. <laughs> Yeah, I. That's where I actually got it from. You, Do you know that episode? No. Never mind. You I'm couldn't like, say, "Hey, what it is? He is me, Lizzie." <laughs> what in is it? It's me, Lizzie, in the hizzy. Oh boy. So uh, shizzy. Let, I'm, just, I'm getting dizzy. Let me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we're all rappers here. Let me move this yeah, over to somebody yeah, who's going to bring some normalcy back to this. Uh, over in the booth, pushing <laughs> all of the buttons that keep this bucket of bolts flying. Would you please welcome our own resident smart guy, Nick the Engineer? Hello. There he is. Hey. And of course, our favorite person to have around the table is you. We want you guys to join into the conversation. The best way for you to do that is to follow us across all the social medias. Hey, crew, tell them how they can do it. Wherever there's people online who love Jesus and nerdy stuff, the Nerd of Godcast is there. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube at Nerd of Godcast. Become a supporter of this ministry at patreon.com slash nerd of Godcast. You can also subscribe to our daily nerd devos on your favorite podcast app or on your Alexa. Finally, join our online small group, the Nerd of God Squad, on Facebook by going to nogsquad.com. Nerd of God Squad, share some memes and live your dreams. I'm living them, baby. And of course, you, if you want to be part of our Discord small groups, that is the uh, Vault 31 for ladies. <clears throat> yes. And, uh, and of course, the Fight Club for men. Uh, we just head on over to our website, nerdygodcast.com, and you can request those links. We will send them to you. It is a private group, but it's, it's for real, Holyfield. It's a lot of people get in for there, and they, uh, they, they, it's a great community. Liz, how's things going in the vault? Oh, it's going pretty well. We're still trying to figure out each other's schedules so we can come online and talk to each other. Um, I guess a lot of people d- live in different states and um, we have different schedules, but it looks like Saturday nights are going to be the time where we can come together and talk. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And, but people can always drop by and see what people have posted and, oh, yeah, and leave absolutely. messages for folks. If you're a lady. If you're a lady. If you're a dude. If you're if you're a dude, <laughs> you can stop by Vault Thirty One uh, for for ladies. You can stop by the Fight Club for men and see uh, what Ryan Felton is doing over there. So uh, oh, we're, yeah. we're excited. We hope you guys will be part of that. Shout and out to Ryan. Shout, shout out, out to, to Ryan. Ryan. Yep, Ryan's a great guy. Um, we we want to tell you guys that we're about a month away from MegaCon, you guys. Yeah. And MegaCon is a, a big comic book sci fi fandom convention that happens here in Orlando, and we have gone out every year for. My goodness, I'm, I've kept, I've stopped keeping score of how many years Five we've been years? out there. It's Five, been, it's six, been longer than seven. that, I think. But we've, we, we go out there with our podcast crew. We have a booth that's set up in Artist Alley. Uh, it, it's a great opportunity to bring ministry to people. We go out, we share Jesus, we encourage folks, try to be a light and, and the love of Jesus in a world that doesn't necessarily default to having that uh, available in their reach. And, um, and, and really, we just want to go out there and, and share the Lord with people. Uh, that's where we met MegaCon Liz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hence uh, the nickname. So great things happen at MegaCon. MegaCon, and uh, we've, we've had some amazing folks from our Patreon family and our, our Nerd of God squad that have contributed, helping us to cover it. It's a huge financial burden to uh, to undertake to make sure that we can get the booth itself uh, is very expensive, the materials, the promotional stuff, uh, accommodating even meals for the team for the day. They're long days, four long days, and uh, everything uh, everything costs money, but we're so grateful for you and for all of you that have, have contributed and, and, and prayed and encouraged and uh, sent notes. 
we weren't even sure last year, hey, is this something we're going to do? But uh, so many of you said this is so important to us and we love to see this happen. We've even got some of our squad that's coming in from out of town that's going to be there at MegaCon with us. So it's going to be great. We are very excited to be out there and we're going to talk a little bit more about that next week. But uh, if you guys would please be praying for us and if you do want to be part of the financial blessing, just shoot us a message or to email it uh, nerdofgodcast at gmail.com and uh, I'll let you know kind of what one of the needs are and how you can find out how to be a part. So uh, exciting stuff and we are going to get right into it. Tonight is a Marvel night, you guys. Woohoo! We're going to be talking about that right now. (laughs) (laughs) Marvelous. Marvelous. We are through phase four and we're going to talk a little bit about the Marvel Cinematic Universe tonight and that leads me to our first open question segment of the evening and that is If We Were. Character from a movie or a video game, a famous flying ace from someone deep in space. It's time to find out from the his and hers. We're gonna play a game called If We Were. And tonight's If We Were category brings us right to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I want you guys to think about this. If you were a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie or TV show, if you were a, a, a featured attraction, if you were uh. the living embodiment of something from the MCU, what would you be? Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. I wonder where this question goes. Neff. I think I would be Iron Man 2. Hmm. Why or Iron Man why? 2? Because it, it, shows, it shows development. It shows character mm. development. It shows, uh, it shows Tony go from a selfish personality that he had in, in the first movie and just showing how destructive that was and showing how he changed um, and how his friends helped him change. Okay. And overcame big odds from big villains. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the problems that he created himself. Hmm. And uh, I, I feel like in all of the, the Iron Man movies, Tony is overcoming problems that, that he, he himself created. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so I think that's a, a, a story that I relate to, just something that, you know, overcoming yourself to become something better. Interesting. Very I had nice. a, I had a different answer for you, but I'm going to keep it in my back pocket for now. So, okay. so you're Iron Man too. Uh, let's see who, what else we got. Uh, Liz, if you were an MCU film, what would you be? Or film or show, an, an object for the MCU, what would you be? I feel like I'm going to be so lame right now and say Endgame. That's uh, lame. I know. That's lame. <laughs> I know, and why I expected that, that. Why is that lame? Yeah. Because, yeah, oh, I want to be Endgame. Like, you can't be a hater uh, like that. Uh, okay, I want to I want to be Michael Jordan. I want to be Endgame. I want to be Winter Soldier. Yeah. I just really, I'm not, like, I love. I want to be the biggest <laughs> of the best. <laughs> I want my answer to be better than all of yours. So no, but hear me out. So I relate to that movie in the sense where everyone is just so lost and they don't know which path to go to. And everyone is just like kind of mourning and trying to move on. But they just can't. They have to beat that enemy, that big thing in the in front of them. And just to, you know, the, the, the very last moment where... Everyone was just kind of like, oh, my God, this is it. This cannot go on. Like, we can't win. Something big happens. And I feel like that's, like, my life a lot of times. Okay. So I love Endgame. I can watch that every single day. Okay. If Liz was a Marvel movie, she would be Endgame. Julia is worshiping over there, waving her hand. 
I thought of an answer. I'm really proud of myself. All right. I'm proud of you, too. What do you got? WandaVision. WandaVision? Why? Because of the theatrics. And I feel like it's just not taken seriously at the beginning of the show. And I feel like I can identify with that. Okay. All right. All right. So far, you guys are all getting different answers than what I thought for you. And that's okay. That, that's that's good. You it's just follow back and see what you thought about us. No, no I don't know that I will. I'm just no, going to be satisfied <laughs> with your answers. <clears throat> Liz Mati, if you were a uh, MCU uh, offering. Uh, um... I don't know, like the Eternals. The Eternals. What? (laughs) I'm pretty to look at, but I'm vapid and boring. And boring. Exactly. (laughs) Like you, there's like a lot of potential there for something great, but then it's it's just kind of messy in its overall delivery. (laughs) Liz Marie, think better of yourself. (laughs) (laughs) You deserve better. Oh my goodness, that's that's a funny answer though. It was great. And no matter what you do, Harry Styles is sprinkled in there somewhere. All right, Nick. If you were uh, if you were from the MCU, what movie would you be? I think The Incredible Hulk. It's mm. the one that's like not there, like forgotten about. Oh. That was my exact answer for you. Is that the same reasoning? The Incredible Hulk, because he's super smart. He's in almost as any as many movies as anybody else. But they're always somebody else's story yeah. that he's coming alongside of. Yeah. Nick is the ultimate come alongside guy. Yeah. You know he's super. I mean, he brings it. He he brings it. He's not like he's not a, a, a lower level character than anybody he's else. He's always one of the best parts. He's right? always one of the best parts, but he's always part of somebody else's story. And here we are. We talk every week, and Nick is just kind of over there doing his own thing. But he's always here. I, in fact, I had to look. If you eliminate the number, like the cameos, the the Steve Rogers cameos in the Thor: The Dark World and Spider Man: Homecoming, uh, then Steve Rogers was in uh, nine movies from the MCU. Tony Stark was in ten. And um and Incredible Hulk was in nine, so you're you're like wow. right up there, like in yeah. it, it, you're always in Top it, three. but you're never the main guy. And I just think that's cool. That's a great answer, Nick. Yep. Good job. Nicholas. Great answer. Itu. So m- for uh, let me give you my answers mm. for you first. Yay. So I for Neff I put Wandavision oh. because you are rife with pop culture references and catchy theme songs. That's fair. That's that's your your deal. Uh, for uh, Liz I had Shang Chi. Why? Because you are immediately likable, and you're just kind of doing your own thing. You're your own flavor. Like you're yeah. not dependent upon anybody else to to define who you are. But you're immediately likable. And Shang Chi was just an immediately likable character. If but he's so liked, why isn't he in the movies yet? Because he's in the movies, but he's de- because he ain't chasing Infinity Stones. He's doing his own thing. I like that. There's I too much like Infinity. Plus, we've only had he's only been in phase four. He's only been here for phase four. He's only been yeah. for one phase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for Lismati, I put Black Panther or Black Panther Wakanda Forever oh. because she's I'm she's brown. got that strong. Not because you're <laughs> because she's an isolationist like Wakanda, mm. but she but family is the most important thing to her, and oh. she carries herself like royalty. These are all Ooh. such nice reasonings. Yes. I accept. She's definitely Wakanda forever. And Julia, I put Guardians of the Galaxy because she's oh, she's fun and lighthearted, but primarily about the soundtrack. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I good. love that. Wait, answer. Tony, what's yours? Mine is Avengers, the first Avengers, because my whole thing is I'm all about bringing people together. Yeah. Mm. That's You're like our Nick Fury. The nerd. I'm trying to. Oh, I'm trying to be. So that's that was me. That was what I wanted Good to, job, to do. You guys. So thanks for playing if we were. Let us know who you would be uh, if you were a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie or TV show. And if any of you say Captain Marvel, 
uh, tell us why and how we can <laughs> and how we can pray for you. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, the dark world. Or the dark world. We're going to take a break, but before we do, to kind of set the stage for our Marvel fun tonight, we're going to play a quick Marvel word game. This is uh, Avengers Mad Libs. You guys love Mad Libs, right? Oh my gosh, I'm yeah. so good at Mad are, Libs. Are, are What's you, a Mad Lib? I'm, I'm glad to Ooh. tell you. Mad Libs is a playoff of the word ad libs, but using the word mad because we're going to get crazy with it. So I'm going to give you a part of speech, like adjective or noun or verb, and uh, as you answer those questions, I'm going to fill it into a prefabricated story, and it's going to fill the gaps in that story so that hopefully when I tell this story of Marvel adventure it's going to come across as zany mad even are you ready so um, Neff give me an adjective uh, round round uh, Julia give me a noun apricot apricot all right um, give me a plural noun Lismati. Um, pencils okay Uh <laughs> Liz, give me an adjective. It's a descriptive term. Ugly. Okay. Dang. Oh, very friendly. Uh, Nick, a verb, please. Um, going. Yeah, to go, going. Okay. Uh, plural noun, Julia. Kitties. Adjective, Neff. Basic. Oh, guys, you're so mean. A number, Liz. Four. Julia, uh, an adjective. Mm, an adjective. Bright. Lismati, a, a noun. Um, penguin. Uh, Liz, a celebrity male. Joe Jonas. How did I know? <laughs> I was listening to the Jones before I got here. Yes. Lismati, adjective. Um, I'm trying to think of a good one. I love Kevin. Nick, noun. So, wait, I didn't even say anything. I know, I'm giving you a minute to think about it. Nick, give me a noun. Um, uh, I have no idea. I can't think. Sorry, Bouncy. I'm really bad at idea. this. Idea. Idea. Very good. Right. Love that. Is idea a noun? Yeah. Yeah, it's a thing. Oh. Lismati, adjective. I said bouncy. Bouncy. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> adverb, Neff. Um, slowly. Slowly? Slowly. Part of the body, Julia. Elbow. Uh, and a noun, Liz. Skateboard. Ooh. All right. Here we go. Tonight's story is called Avengers Assemble. <laughs> Only Captain America's round shield saved him from being killed when the practice apricot he was fighting got out of control. <laughs> A cry of Avengers Assemble brought Cap's pencils running to him. <laughs> but before they could help, they were overtaken by ugly robots. Ooh. They're trying to going us, Iron Man warned, <laughs> as he blasted one, blasted one to kitties. No robot is a match for my basic hammer, said Thor, and proved it by stopping four of them with one bright swing. Nice. There's only one penguin capable of such madness, Joe Jonas, <laughs> said Cap. You are very, very bouncy, Captain America. It is I, Ultron, all of the robots said at once. Iron Man said, Ultron must have invaded us through our idea system. 
But then all of the robots slowly stopped moving. With a big smile on his elbow, Hawkeye held up an electric plug. I guess I pulled the skateboard on Ultron's plans, he said. The end. Beautiful. Nice. That was beautiful. I never would have guessed. Joe That's Jonas? It was art. Joe Jonas. Joe Aww. Jonas. Joe Aww. Jonas all along. The, the penguin. penguin. Phase seven. Yeah, I thought that too. Uh, we're <laughs> we're going to do two more of these, but we're going to save them just for Patreon. So if you're a Patreon uh, subscriber, uh, sponsor, you can go to patreon.com slash nerdygodcast. And for the low, low price of just a dollar a month or more, you, are, uh, you can be a part of some fun exclusive content and early episode releases. And uh, you're going to get a couple more of these fun Avengers. Mad Libs uh, on Patreon.com slash Nerd of Godcast. We'll be right back after this. I'm a fan. Like, a big fan. I love my favorite pop culture company. But sometimes, they tend to not love me back. Even though I invest so much into them, they just continue to produce mediocre or worse media for me to try to enjoy. This was going on for a long time and started to really affect my fandom. So I talked to my doctor about Forget-A-Phase. Forget-A-Phase can help you remember all the good times you've had with a franchise. And forget those periods of time where they weren't exactly putting out their A material. Is your favorite family movie studio stuck in a phase of twist villains and mid-live action remakes? Is your favorite space film franchise suffering from a not so well thought out tacked on trilogy? Is your favorite comic book film series on a downward spiral after having one of the greatest runs in cinema history, putting them in an opposite trajectory of their main competitor? Or have they stumbled coming out of the game? Forget-A-Phase can help. Consult with your doctor before starting Forget-A-Phase. Do not take Forget-A-Phase if you're a mark, just don't care, or one of those people who talks about spoilers or uses their phone during the movie in the theater. Side effects of Forget-A-Phase include dizziness, upset stomach, cringe, nostalgia, companies cashing in on that nostalgia, remembering that there is in fact another Indiana Jones movie coming out even though they should have stopped after the third one. Forget a phase. Helping you move on to the next phase of your life. And now it's time for Silly Jokes with Julia. The part of the show where Julia comes out and tells a silly joke. You guys, scientists recently managed to weigh a rainbow. What? Turns out it was pretty light. Oh, ha, ha, ha. this has been silly jokes. La, 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 la. Join us next time when Julia says. And for my second joke, my life. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was not prepared. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. My life. My life. Uh, well, that that was a small joke, but that's okay because tonight we're going to be talking about a small superhero. Let's talk about Ant Man and the Wasp, oh, Quantum Mania. Yeah. Let's do it, you guys. Now, now, before the we get trauma. into this, I just want to let you know that we are going to be spoiling this movie. So, if you have not watched Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania, and I don't know that there's anything in this movie that really can be spoiled. Yeah, if you've it's, seen the trailer, it's, it's pretty much that's what it is. Yeah, right. uh, if there if there was a surprise, I I would don't know what it was. Spoilers, oh, spoilers. but not really. Maybe post credits. Yeah, that's but pretty much it. At, at this time, we'll uh, we'll tell you to fast forward to this timestamp. Forty one minutes. 
four seconds. And then you can uh, you'll you'll miss all this stuff as we get back into uh, some more talk about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But for right now, Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania. Paul Rudd. <laughs> so let's talk. Yeah, Paul Rudd. Who doesn't <laughs> Rudd. love Paul Rudd? I love me a Paul Rudd. He's always good. Let's talk a little bit about it. Um, what are some of the things that you loved about Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania? There, there's got to be some gems in this movie because uh, because I know we're gonna have some negative things to talk about. There's gonna be some stuff that we need to point out. But um, what 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 did you say? Man, that was really good. I'm glad I saw that. I thought the jokes were hilarious in this movie. For example, uh, if you dare okay. say what I'm thinking about, making fun of Modoc. Okay, <laughs> that was one of the funniest things. I laughed really Let's hard. Let's talk about Modoc. First, Modoc is a hard Marvel villain to bring yeah. into anything. Yeah, especially live action. They they did him in the um they, they did it in the Marvel the Avengers video game. Mm-hmm. And they didn't do it particularly well, but I mean, it was okay. It's Modok. Modok, big if, floating if, head. He is a giant floating head with little baby legs and baby arms, yeah. and um, He'd be very angry all the time. Uh, the best version of Modok for me was in the superhero squad. He was fun. He was funny. Yeah. Um, he fell in love with Captain Marvel when he was the mental organism designed only for kissing. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so he he's so he's meant to have that kind of personality. Yeah. I mean, he's he, he's I mean, not necessarily like goofy, tongue in cheek. Silly in the comic books, he's not that at all. In the comic books, he's terrifying. Right. He's, I mean, he if you he's met only four killers. If you saw, yeah, if you saw like, and then this is the one thing in the movie that he's not particularly good at. He's, he's bad. He's really bad. He is a mechanical organism designed only for killing, and he never successfully kills anyone. Yeah. Nobody killing. killing Unimportant characters. Yeah, and he pull he pulls the the classic like syndrome James Bond villain thing. You got Cassie, she's hanging on the ledge, and all he's got to do is just whoop, clip her fingers, and she falls to her death. But he doesn't. He waits for her to climb back up so he can start monologuing. monologuing. <laughs> well, look at him. He's a huge. Never mind. Yeah. So uh, so so okay. So you liked you like Modok. I, I like I liked it because it made me laugh. As soon as he popped up on screen, I laughed so hard. I was I had to like lean, I was I saw it with Steven and uh, I like looked over at him and I just I, I shook my head no and then I just laughed. <laughs> and I was like this is this is not going to be good for Modoc. They did my boy so dirty. Liz, what did you like about Ant-Man and the Wasp? Couple things. One thing is I really enjoyed Kang. Um, Kang yeah. is the is the, the takeaway from this movie. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed his character. I wish there was more of him, though. And oh, 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 there will be. Yeah, <laughs> I know. We're not done with Kang I'm, by a just sight. Just it, just it. And, quite a lot of them. Um, we can talk about spoilers, right? Because we, we already talked we're, about we're in, that. We're in the country. I love how when um, Scott is trying to get like the big orb and a bunch of him start appearing, and then yeah. the, the the basket Robbins part <laughs> yes. of it came. I love that one. I love that one. That was her sister's favorite part, too. That We're was driving. my favorite. What did you like? She's like, I really love that basket of Robbins. <laughs> <laughs> basket Robbins always finds it's out. It's so awesome. Julia, you did not see it, so we're ruining stuff for you. Are you okay with this? <clears throat> Be God. Okay, uh, Liz Mari, <laughs> what 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 did you like taking away the movie? Um, gosh, what did I like? <laughs> Do I need to come back to you? The costumes were cool. Oh my goodness! Oh. Wow, giving me Spike we've Kids three D. That far down, Whoa. giving Spike Kids three D. I don't know. Really I was. don't know who the gaffer and the best boy were for this movie, <laughs> but they were a superb. <laughs> Literally, I, me writing a review for anything. The, the, the animal, uh, the animal people, the the people helping out with ants. I mean, like the people. 
they were like we all love Paul Rudd and his you know we love Scott Lang like he's likable and we also love Baskin Robbins um, yes but there I'm trying I'm genuinely trying to find something that I can say like oh yeah no I really liked this but I wow. just I didn't care for it that okay okay I, I mean Kang is great right we we agree that Kang is pretty yes. awesome Kang is awesome and and there's that whole deal but again like, although so far. Kang has only managed to show up and get killed in any Marvel thing that he's been well, in so far. He is a Marvel villain. I'm just saying he shows through up and, and he dies. He shows up and he, this is this is over. He's over two right now. Marvel's not very good at keeping their villains alive. Nick, what was your uh, what was a, a thing that you liked about this movie? Um, for one, the Holes guy. I, I can't remember. His name. Oh, I do love him. Uh, Beck Bach, <laughs> Shia LaBeouf. I hated it. No, not no. Shia LaBeouf. He's he's like Bob <laughs> from uh, the Monsters vs. Aliens. Yeah, he's like the Blob guy. Yeah, he was pretty funny. I've got yeah. holes. How many holes do you have? To me, he was the um, he like the the snowman. He was like the uh, the, who's the, the the snowman from Frozen? Olaf. He, he was the yeah. Olaf of this yeah. movie. Yeah, he was. Um, yeah. But no, I think my favorite part was the uh, the class two civilization, the ants, the like advanced ants. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. They lived thousands of years and it, and and evolved into yeah. Um, yeah, they're very smart ants. Um, all right, okay. Miss Monty, have you thought of anything yet? No. There was there was two little things and these were little subtle t- things that, that just kind of popped out that one of them I didn't observe on my own I saw it on on Twitter uh, at, at moth underscore culture on Twitter posted a little gif of this and I thought that was cool and it was at the end the Council of Kangs shows yeah. up in the post credit scene and they all start like hundreds of them start appearing uh, did you notice how they appeared. Yeah, the portal. Yeah. It was the same square portal that Reed Richards appeared yeah. in in Doctor Strange. Oh, yep. I didn't re- I didn't even realize and that. And what is Kang's real name? Nathaniel Richards. Richards. That's right. So it was yeah. kind of a kind of an interesting tie back. I thought that was consistent. Wow. I didn't notice that. My favorite thing about this movie, my favorite thing about this movie, when you're defining a character that comes from out of a wibbly wobbly timey whiny universe, uh, in the 30 years ago flashback scene when Janet's down there and she touches the battery and she sees his past and all of the things that he's done in his past, all of those that she saw were clips that had not happened yet in the movie. That's what I caught too. They were all things that were yet to come in yep. the movie. They, they, they happened yep. in the future of the movie showing that his future was also his past. Yep. Wow. And it was a, I thought that was brilliant. Whoever thought to do that to make his exposition actually things and scenes that we would see later on mm-hmm. in that very scene and also in the finale of the movie. I thought that was great. I also think, like, I saw this uh, video where um, it was a comic guy reviewing the movie, and one thing that he said that kind of, like, was like, huh, was that there's a part where um, Kay asks Janik in that, in that flashback, he's like, what did you see, what did you see, what did you see? And I think that kind of king was kind of like I did I used I did bad things, but I want to be good. And that's I think because he saw the fear in her eyes, he's like, "What did you see?" Because whatever you saw, I don't want to be like that again. Well, who caused the thing is the the actions that that he she saw him do, she caused him to do them. I mean, you're the right. very thing that she was afraid of were the things that she caused. Yeah. She saw something, destroyed the battery, and caused him to do the things that she was afraid of. Well, just just based off the way the Council of Kang acts, it seems the only reason why they would cast off one of their own is if he was too good yeah. to hang with them. Maybe. I mean, that, and that kind of lines up a little bit about what we saw with Kang in Loki. Um, and that was why He Who Remains decided, hey, I got to stop all these other Kangs because they will 
try, each of them are going to try to be the top Kang, right? Yeah. Uh, it was cool when the, in the Council of Kangs to the see... Kang of Kangs. <sighs> to see the, uh, the, the comic book accurate Kangs that they had, like yeah. uh, the, 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 the pharaoh. Egyptian, the Egyptian. Yeah, yeah so, cool. Which Love was that. his original uh, form in the in the comics. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Victor Timely. There was a couple things that, was, uh, that, that bothered me. I was cleaning up in my gallery the other day. I'm trying to put some stuff away and get some stuff on eBay. If anybody's interested in buying uh, some of my action figures, I'll put a link on our Nerdy Godcast page because I'm going to be clearing out a lot of stuff and I'm just trying to make room more than I'm trying to make money. So passing the savings along to you. But I found my Ant-Man helmet. I have a, uh, a wearable Black Series Ant-Man helmet. And I, I put it on and I was just kind of traipsing around my room wearing this helmet. It says, don't judge me. And uh, as I was taking it off, it, it, it occurred to me, they have these helmets in this movie for a reason, right? It, it's presumably not for the looks of it because it was a very inconvenient helmet for me to wear. I'm like, you can't hardly see out of these things. They must be wearing it for some reason during that transformation time. It seemed to me as soon as they got down to the quantum realm, that helmet pretty much went away. They never needed to use it. They were taking their helmets off in this movie so much. It, I thought, man, what's the purpose of the helmets? If everybody can just get big, get little, get whatever, and they don't need the helmets. I know that we we're paying money to see Paul Rudd's face, right? Not yeah. some like generic mask guy. That's probably contracts. I get it, but at the same time, like, this what? isn't the Mandalorian, all right? Oh, it's true. These people actually want their face to be seen on screen. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Like you would think if they're going to like the like the quantum realm. Just like we just so happenly to be breathing the same air, we well, can breathe. Nothing the same about air. this movie makes sense. No, to I'm with fair, you on Janet that. I did. I years without anything. I didn't like this movie. Right. So, so in the I, w- think, I think they nothing they is significant. It. They address it. Um, I I feel like uh, at some point, like uh, Hank asked, like why why can I exist down here without a suit and a helmet? And Janet says that they they're technically further, like deeper inside of the quantum realm. It, Weird science, but still, <laughs> it's like they, there's there's a specific reason why they're they like she she mentions that they're deeper inside of the quantum realm where it's micro oxygen oh. exists. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I know. remember. So cool. I remember her saying that. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, that. right. But they, they but our our physiology it. still requires oxygen molecules, right? So unless they have like super mega tiny oxygen molecules down there, I mean everything shrunks. Everything shrunks. That's right. So, the uh, <laughs> so the, why was why was Janet so afraid of the the uh, the the quantum realm when they spent the the post credit scene in Ant-Man 2 going into the quantum realm like that was she sent Scotty into the quantum realm and they were all just kind of hanging out in the back of the van when they got Thanos snapped out of there like you'd think she might say hey don't go in the quantum realm because there is a guy down there who would make you build his battery well maybe maybe it was like one of those things where she didn't think that much of it like she escaped I don't I don't know I don't know well they didn't think that much of it but then had a full like with no explanation, mental breakdown when Cassie Lang, the random out of nowhere super genius teenager, built this big old. She's well, they needed a plot. Yeah, but but it was it was a, a Deus Ex Machina plot. Like mm-hmm. like why is every teenage girl in the Marvel Cinematic Universe a Tony Stark level genius? Right, why like right. nothing is First, sacred R- anymore. Riri and then like I didn't and like that Shuri. Now listen, I was okay. Well, I, I, I would give Shuri. I would say I will give Shuri the benefit yeah. of the doubt. But then Riri comes along. Okay, that's cool. But then she, Cassie's just hanging out, making a secret quantum accelerator. She's like literally in her like, basement. well, in the five years of the blip, there was emotional trauma. That. I, I casually that. read your diary and I built this. And she would always blame Scott when Scott was like. I was gone for five years. I'm sorry. It's not like he just like deuces. Yeah, but she made this little tiny Walkman sized deal that goes on the table that sucks him into the quantum realm. It doesn't even have a power cable. Doesn't even have. 
See? Yep. yep. I'm angry too, Liz. <laughs> That's what happened to all the stuff. It kind of uh, kind of fell over. Sorry. Yeah, it doesn't even have a power cable. This thing is like it doesn't make any sense. And again, I know that you got to get in the quantum realm, but there's no build up to it. It's just like, hey, I'm Scott Lang. I wrote a book. I ate some Baskin Robbins, and whoosh, now we're sucked into yeah. a- Avatar world. It you know, did, we're, it did jump we're, right we're in, down here it? in the suddenly it's Star Wars. Suddenly, suddenly, suddenly we're in in Flash Gordon, and we don't know what's going I on. I want to see the governor. And nobody cares that Cassie <laughs> went to jail except for her. Dad. Can we just talk about the fact that Cassie yeah. Lang is the worst? Like she's the worst. She's, so she's the like, worst. And she's likable. She's like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. It's all my fault. Yeah, it, yeah. it was yeah. your this fault. This is literally right. it was your fault. You're literally trying, your fault. You're trying way too hard here. If you are building a, a a gateway to another universe and you don't, I don't know, mention it to somebody, it is your fault. I was reading Grandpa's journals while you guys were gone. And and saying, oh, she was trying to defend some homeless people. That is not character development. That, and it doesn't make her more likable and sympathetic. It makes her, oh, of course she's going to come down here and all these dumb things. Like, like they take Scott Lang when he comes down there and he, maybe he's a spy. We should kill him. And he's not a spy. He's my dad. And then suddenly they're all okay with it. Drink like, the goo. Drink the goo. First off, don't drink the goo. Never drink the goo. <laughs> that's like that's like the one rule, right? But that, like I expected it to be Never bad. drink the goo after midnight is uh <laughs> like Scott literally saved the world, but she doesn't think that's enough because she's out there protesting. Well, fair, <laughs> Liz is down like right. she's like, she's what pulling are you doing like this. now. I I don't know, like recovering emotionally from the trauma <laughs> of like I helped save you. Wouldn't be here yeah. if it well, wasn't. Her, her if it cars. wasn't. For, if it wasn't for li- literally Ant Man coming out and saying quantum. That's how we do it. We go yeah. back in time. Her cause seemed to be pretty much the same as the bad guy from Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Exactly. Bad. Uh, not enough housing. For young her. people. You young need to do better, Senator. Young people need to be smacked. They they don't appreciate. Back in our day, back we we who grew up in Phase One, yeah. mm-hmm. we never complained. Yeah. <laughs> when everything cost a nickel. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> when you could, you we, we we had we had to sit through extremis and we were fine. We lived. We were good. Oh, I hate extremis. Uh, yeah, the random quantum people. That like, there's a whole like weird civilization and of people that they completely fail to make me care about down there. Yeah, yeah I don't but, care. Right? But and the thing- sad thing is, like Ant Man had like this lovable cast of like. Did you? I actually forgot that the Ant Man world existed. Yeah, with, like, like this like, random company of like Louise. Louise, remember Louise? Yeah, he yeah. didn't make the cut. Like. But no, we don't Miss care Louise. about the existence of any of these other people because we're here with, you know, Mr. Blob. And, and like, how, how would our friend have freaked out if he would have seen all the Baba Yagas down in the quantum realm, right? Well, he was a Baba Yaga. Baba Yaga. You know what uh, other scene I hated? When Cassie and that girl, they were like doing that message. She's like, guys, we have to fight and we have to be, you know, big and we, you know, and that's when I was like, yeah. And that's like, really? That got you to fight? But we've seen all this before. We've seen like the random group of alien people that we've motivated into revolutions before. We saw it in Thor Ragnarok. Uh, you know, we. Sí, pero. But not, it was all it of was the different. No, it, there was nothing special about this movie. It was all kind of like, well, like, oh yeah, this yeah. kind of looks like this other movie vaguely, but not good. Like this other movie, just like yeah. The, here's the Star Wars cantina for some reason, and now we're in Avatar, like here's but not all the these good one. Elements of a superhero movie, of a basic superhero movie, and, and but not good. But I, I, I will say though, I thought the cre- uh, the creature designs, the designs of everyone was pretty pretty awesome to look at. Like I thought, like the the broccoli guy, the broccoli guy was cool. All, I think I, I I thought everybody was interesting when they're walking through the little the little quantum bar, 
and like all the different people. The Moss Eisley Cantina? Yeah, that was I thought cool. it was pretty cool. Everybody looked really cool and it was interesting. And then Bill Murray showed oh. up for no reason at all. Bill no Murray had a great design. Gracious what was the consequence? Like, why, why was that even a thing? What to, did to, that amount to? It, well, it let us know that Janet didn't have to deal with every lonely night of the 30 okay. years that she was down and neither there. Neither did Hank. Uh, yeah, too much information. She wasn't you, baby. Too much information. Uh, my, my, I think my biggest beef with this movie, all of those things aside, was the very, very end of the movie, because there, like, where everything hinged, is that everybody kind of goes through the portal and they go back, but they're still in danger of Kang uh, taking over and conquering, even as they're escaping back, you know, to to San Francisco. So Scott stays in the quantum realm. He sacrifices himself in the quantum realm to lay down his life. It was a heroic, noble gesture that he's going to stay and he's going to do this. And then to raise the bar on that, hope comes through, the wasp comes through, and she's like, I'm going to stay with you. We're going to back to back. We're going to fight this thing together. Finally doing something this movie. And if it may have finally getting something besides just having a, a, a haircut given to her by Weed Whacker. Um, and and they, they finally they they go and they they know that worst case scenario they're gonna die. But Best case safe. scenario they're going to beat Kang and be stuck in the quantum realm with no hope of getting out. But their family's safe, and they do. They stop Kang, and it's great. And then all of a sudden the portal opens up and they just come right back through, completely making that huge yeah. gesture of sacrifice inconsequential. And then they come back, and nothing in the world has changed. At all. If they didn't go down there, Kang wouldn't have had a chance to get out, right? He would have just... It, it's, nothing changed mm, in yet, this movie yet. at all. That like it was just it was just like oh wow well, we just did all this well what happened nothing over the course of one quick afternoon and who who had character development and, and this is Nadia nobody nobody had any, like development nothing I mean there was just Nadia. nothing Nadia. you know what I was waiting for when they at the very very end when he goes see the the cake I was waiting for like the waiter to like give him the cake and then it pans up and it's Kang or something like that or like he spits out the cake and it, and, it, and the guy at the table next to them goes I really like the cake and it turns around and it's Kang that would have been perfect <sighs> I don't know I think that's actually kind of stupid but I'm just I'm just here to <laughs> thank you <laughs> I value your opinion greatly <laughs> And then and then what? And then it's the dun dun dum. And yeah. oh yeah, they really did change everything. And now they that was the end of Loki. That was what happened at the end of Loki. Oh, that we we did we we stopped him. But then we go back to the TVA and Kang is in charge of everything. I mean, we've yeah. we've done that. We can't have just Kang take over everything because then what? You can't well, fight somebody. The point. Um, you know, a part of me is just kind of like hopeless that we will never get the realness and the savagery of. Phases one, two, and three again. Like, like every single time I go Thing to is, see a Marvel movie, it's going to be a funny movie. It's, it's going to be much. stupid. It's too much. Now. Like we we've already we had the you know the beginnings, the exposure, the new characters, the individual struggles, the growth, the controversy, all of the big epic climax to the one big battle, the the mm. highest stakes possible, the entire world, and then like recovery. And now what we're trying to do is like Re trying okay. to like we're gonna do that again, guys. Yeah, and it's poor. Everything feels everything feels dumb now well, like it really does to me i am having a hard time caring as much as i did before because everything just feels like 
what is the consequence to this? Hmm. Is well, what is the real weight of any of this? So let's let's look and see, just kind of like the the cadence and the pacing of Phase Four. So the Phase Four opens up with Black Widow, which is a movie that we it was fine. <laughs> it was an okay. It was an okay movie. Was it Wonder Vision or Black Widow? We're talking the movies. Oh, the, movie. okay, the yeah, movies. Yeah, phase yeah. Four opens up with with Black Widow, which is a movie that's fine, but it's it, there. It's it's not consequential because we know mm-hmm. how it ends. It, it takes place in the middle. Way too late. Right. Way too late. A hundred percent. And then Shang Chi comes out. We agree. Like Shang-Chi. That was Shang-Chi awesome. Shang Chi was likable. It was good, but yeah. it affected the universe. Not like there was right. no. It was, uh, and you even said it earlier, Liz. As as wonderful as it might have been, it's disconnected from everything. What does it have to do with anything? She Hulk. We're not there yet, buddy. Oh, sorry. <laughs> the Eternals. Uh, 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 again, a pretty movie, but what the crap does it have to do with but anything? What is she bringing to the table? Kaka. Cele- Celestials. Maybe. Spider Man No Way Home. We love Spider Man okay. No Way Home. <laughs> we Spider Man. One redeeming piece here. That was the best part of Phase Four. But, it was but, by we, far. but we don't love Spider Man One Way Home. Or no Way Home. We love Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield yeah! because if they're not in that movie, it just becomes another Spider Man Far From Home. And Green Goblin. I'm just saying, if we don't bring back those things that have uh, fandom equity in our hearts, that yeah, just becomes yeah. another by the numbers. Oh, yeah. it's it's Spider Man, but instead he's got Doctor Strange in it for some reason, and. It yeah. was it, those moments were were great. Go back and watch them uh, at home and and see those long awkward pauses when Andrew Garfield walks on the screen and there's nobody in the theater with you clapping and just feel how long that moment is of just like awkward. Oh, it's like right. watching it's like awkward, watching the Big Bang thing. But and that's what I'm saying. Like that was that I I really like the movie, but it was built on the fact that we the love Andrew Garfield. We, this is what we, we had been wanting. Right. Yeah. The movie was meant to be in theaters and not anybody, anything else. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, no, didn't like it. I mean, at the highest mm. points of it, it was it was mid, uh, in my mm. opinion. Oh yeah, Thor: Love and Thunder. Kaka, I like Thor: Kaka. Love and Thunder, even though it's not a very good movie. Thought it had some cool stuff in it. Thing, there's I, a lot of things that I can go. Oh, I liked that, but it's not. None of it is like epic, not, right. memorable. Oh, it's not like or, Winter Soldier or Black Panther levels. Right. It's just the seriousness just like is not there anymore. Everything is just about nerfing the characters and making them look dumb and men bad, women good. And uh, ooh, wow, did oh, she just man. she ooh, I, would, I, I wouldn't even ready for that. I was about to say another glib comment, but you just took us on a whole different train track here. Sorry. The best thing, and this is going to be the worst thing I could possibly say. You you just have to know my what I'm saying when I say this. And in fact, the fact that I'm saying this shows me that I should not say what I'm about to say, but I'm about to say it. Do it. The best thing that happened to Marvel Phase Four, which has Chadwick Boseman dying because that was the only way that they generated content that created an emotional response in the audiences because Black Panther Wakanda Forever was near perfect because of how they handled it and how that they they I mean they crafted a wonderful story that was respectful to the character respectful to the actors that were in it and and the late and wonderful Chadwick Boseman if he didn't die what kind of movie would it have been if they would have just, if he would have stayed alive, and they already had that movie scheduled, and they would have just done another by the numbers, Black Panther movie, how would it have turned out? Would it have just been like, uh, meh, eh, predictable and and you know mid level? The best thing that they could that that happened in that movie was that they had to write for the a, situation around they were challenged. because that was what Angela Bassett is not winning a an Oscar. She did the thing. Sorry. <laughs> Angela Bassett's not winning an Oscar on a performance because she's not a main character in the movie if Chadwick Boseman's alive. She right. she has another bit part, if anything, in that movie if Chadwick Boseman's still alive. So that the fact that that happened propelled that movie upwards. But Some other than that- the best lines are from it, like, have I not given enough already? Like, ugh. WandaVision, cool, 
Falcon and the Winter Soldier, okay. Eh. Loki, good. What if? I know it's unpopular, but I really liked What If. It's okay. Hawkeye, okay. Moon Knight. Uh, uh, Moon Knight good. Depends on how I, some days I think Moon Knight's great. Some days I think Moon Knight's eh, okay. Miss Marvel, boy, all the potential in the world. Miss Marvel started out so strong. It, it wasn't good at the end. No, no, no. because she's out. so likable and wonderful. She is very likable. I'm hoping. I'm hoping in the um the Marvels movie, um, that because she's gonna be separated <laughs> from what? Is it because because in, in our experience, nothing makes somebody better than putting Brie Larson with them. No, because what I mean is, Amon Vellani, who the actress that plays. Miss Marvel is so like endearing and she it is, was a really likable character and I feel like the show just kind of meh so towards what, the end so but I'm happened? hoping that if you take her out of that weird like overly like justice like I don't what? know it was very strange Can it felt you like explain it got like very um, political it, uh, no 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 it, it, first off they I always have been of the opinion that like if you're a Pakistani hero uh, why would you why do you why does your villain have to be Pakistani like why? Why do you immediately limit? Oh, we got a we got a black superhero, so he's got to fight a black villain. We've got a, you know, and we're just we're we're just kind of creating people in this own paradigm. We got an Asian superhero, he's got to fight an Asian villain. So like, like why do you limit that? Like why? She could have fought anybody from the Marvel universe and been fine because she was such a good, likable character. But they, they just made her diversity her only like attribute. Her, that was like, exactly like it. her whole character just became like, look at me, I'm Pakistani. Look at me, I'm brown, and like that was the big thing that the show revolved around, and it fizzled out in terms of like character and story and like anything that would have been interesting just came back to. But did, did we remind you though that this is a very culturally diverse character? See, that's where, where they lost me was the flashback episode. That's, I think that was, I was so excited to see more of her do her thing in the present day and learn more about herself. Yeah. That flashback episode, if it had just been a segment, a part of an episode, I probably would have been more into it, but they lost me there. By the time they got to the payoff of the show, they it, it just turned into a parody of itself. And it was like, oh, look, we're going to put a bunch of teenagers in school right. and we're going to let them the, pretend like they're in Home dumb? Alone 4. Uh, yeah, it, it lost so all dumb. momentum. Yeah, we didn't care about it at the end. So the, Miss Marvel, to me, would have been a better movie than a show because you could have just gotten everything in. She was so great. And then they put her into a story that lasted too long, went too slow, and went nowhere. Yeah. yeah. So you think, think, I'm thinking when they remove her, though, from the like constraints of whatever, like, weird like environment they created for her on the show like maybe putting her in the movie like with something with higher stakes that's like not just revolved around like her individual cultural background that that'll give her a chance to shine more because she was super likable she was the the character her she was the best part of the show and she is a she's just charming and yes very likable charming actress performance so i'm hoping that that movie will give her a chance I, to be redeemed i agree i with too. you i would love to see more of her but in a good a, a good story a well-paced story yeah, yeah. and we haven't even gotten to she hulk yet i don't even want to talk about she hulk i liked she hulk really i did people I like she hulk i don't i didn't think it was that. great but i definitely liked it i didn't even mind the weird quirky devices in she hulk the the breaking the fourth wall necessarily it, at first it wasn't my favorite thing but once i kind of got an idea of the rhythm of the show i was okay with it um i i, I liked the way she interacted with it once you put daredevil in something it's automatically right. 10 yeah. points better for me but, yellow suit daredevil uh but i think that they they also threw enough stuff in there that I would love to have seen more of a she's a smart intelligent brilliant character and they never let her be brilliant yeah they they made the show show more about like drinking after work than her getting work done 
and she wants to be taken seriously as a lawyer, and she did no lawyering. No lawyering. And, and it would have been great to see her in an actual courtroom drama. Now we have a fun Boston legal law and order type show that, that, that has the courtroom elements, that has the fight, the crime fighting elements all to it. And then you throw her personal life in there too and you get a little bit of a mix. That show was just, it should have been called Jennifer Walters Wanders Aimlessly and, and Struggles with Dating. Yeah. I think like I think even the writers even said and there was like a a big interview where they were like oh yeah um, all the writers that were involved in She Hulk don't have experience with law like making law shows or law writing so I think that's why they didn't put that much in there yeah. because they had no experience with it which is like a cop out stupid a big mistake yeah it would have been a much a much better show if we would have been able to see a little bit more of that genre specific vibe from it not to I, mention the shoehorn of this is my son. Yeah. Didn't she like At try to? I've never end. seen the show, but didn't she try to make um, Hulk like look stupid? I mean, you know, yeah. you, you, going back to your your sidebar here, there is a lot, and it's 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 better for you to say it than for me to say it. You know, I sit there and I say, I, say I I can't say, uh, you know, Miss Marvel was a little too Pakistani, but Lismati can say they lean too much on the I'm the brown girl. That's my only de- defining trait. But you said that Marvel has has tried to balance this thing out with. Making it more. Do you want me to say it? I wish you would. Men, bad, girl, good. And 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 somebody posted something not too long ago that was like, oh, finally we have a female equivalent for every one of the Avengers. Like we have Kate Bishop for Hawkeye. We have uh, the Captain uh, or Iron Man. We have uh, we have Riri Williams. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have uh, Thor. Thor. The the yeah. We have Jane Foster for Thor. And they went down the entire list. And then they said we have Yelena Belova for Black Widow. Like she was already a woman. She was already a woman, (laughs) y'all, from the beginning. She started out as a girl. Twice the woman now. She was so not her, but like. Natasha, she's so like, like she's so cool. Did you just mouth uh, a colloquialism of uh, yeah? We, we this is our first uh, R-rated podcast, <laughs> thanks to MegaCon Liz. Yeah, no, I, I, and and I, I do think that there is a little bit of a, but that's not just the movies. That's all the the comic books, right? Yeah. I mean, there there was a big swing away from the kind of traditional. Uh, white male superhero, and uh, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay yeah. with diversity. Um, I, I think that it, it would be sometimes a little bit better to explore new and exciting characters rather than making carbon copies of other characters. It might but, be cokey. Hey man, kind of just try to do it for the sake of doing it. Yeah, that's why I love Green Lantern, baby. Because everybody could be a Green Lantern. They're all Green Lanterns. You got a white guy. You got a black guy. You got a ginger. whatever guy Gardner is. <laughs> <She's> <laughs> a ginger. Uh, you got uh, Latina. You got uh, Libyan American. Uh, I mean, it's just a, a nice like grab bag of different people, and they'll come to. And they're all Green Lanterns, so they all have the same powers, but it's like they all have different personalities. Like the Avatar. Do you re- do you remember when wh- I think we took Phase One through Three for granted? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say this. I think Thor The Dark World was better than most of the movies in Phase and 4. That's hard. that's hard for Glado. me because you know how much I hated Thor The Dark yes. World. I and I agree movie. with that sentiment. Like We go back and we say those were the good old days when the the worst day that we had was watching Thor The Dark World or Iron Man 3. And like, like we Iron took Man. for granted. I love Iron Man I'm, 3. I'm just saying. But, but, I don't but like Iron Man every single one of the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies in Phase 1 through 3 were great movies. Yeah. Even yeah. if they weren't great, great, they were all great. Compared yeah. to now. And they all played together. And and I think that we've got now, when, when a movie comes out, so I think Lismati asked me, she said, oh, I'm going to go see Ant-Man. Do you have your tickets yet? 
And I said, no, like it didn't even, I did. I saw it and are tickets available now? Uh, I waited till right. after opening weekend. Yeah, maybe it, I'll get it. it. Maybe I won't. Like uh, I will eventually see it, I guess. And I don't like that that's where, like the, yeah. the must see of it, even the spoiler stuff. I don't even care about the spoiler stuff anymore. Like, which is good because I follow Liz on Facebook and she doesn't care about spoilers. She will post straight I literally, up. I unfollowed you on Facebook, Liz. Did you know this? No. I unfollowed you so long ago because I said, Liz, I love you, but you ruin things. You really do. So your pretty face is one I cannot see on my Facebook page anymore. It's true. Out I'll, of fear. Liz, I'm just saying you're like the worst at spoilers. Everything. She's like, I'm sorry, but I don't plan on changing. She's like, she's like, the last I'm not of changing, but I'm Last sorry. of Us episode has been I'm out sorry for you feel 12 that way. minutes. <laughs> I'm uh, sorry you feel that. The Last I of Us comes out. Liz is immediately posting. This is how it's the okay, same as the no, video no, no, game. No, no, no. So ever mm. since you told me that, uh-huh. I've been waiting about like three days. Good, that's until, awesome. I appreciate until it. Until I start. The Lord is doing that. a work in you, and revival yes. is happening. Slowly, uh, but it's do, it's happening. <laughs> so my my thought is this: Marvel can it come back? No. Can, can, no. no. Wow. Ever just a, since it started with Disney? No, I don't think so. But wait, it's been it's Disney been since Disney. the Avengers. No, it's been mm. Disney since Incredible it's been Hulk. The, 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 no, The Incredible Hulk was made Incredible by Universal. Hulk, it was Paramount, Hulk, Universal. Iron but, Man, but, but everything after that was Disney. Disney helmed it ever since the beginning. But yeah, but the Avengers, I think, was the first one that came out with the Disney brand. Well, here's the thing. So it's been it's been it's Disney been, for, it's for been, 12 it, years. It's been Disney. I, I get that. I think it might be a little bit more out of the studio's hands and into the hands. Well, then I, I might be wrong, uh, but in the way that Kevin Feige is leading things, the way that it seemed like we had some kind of common unified purpose in the first couple phases, and now it seems like we're just kind of wandering all over the world, waiting for Kang to show up and give us a reason to get out of bed in the morning. So I'm curious to see if the way that things are going to go as we kind of get into the uh, the Kang, the multiverse saga, which has really only been teased in Phase Four, but never really. What was Husband. what was Phase Four? Phase four was Black Widow. No, Doc- no, no, no. What was phase like? If five, if phase five is gonna be the multiverse, what was phase four? Um, well, phase Limbo. four is the start. So phase, phase four, four is five, the, the multiverse. And saga. six are the multiverse saga. Also, right? all of these phases come together. Like the first yes. three phases were the Infinity Saga. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. I think we need to give phase four a little bit of a leeway because it's basically phase one. Like if you take all of phase one into consideration, like. It was just as varied as Phase 4 is. And, and I agree with you, Nick, but varied with purpose. Like, when we saw Thor, Thor was a Kenneth Branagh movie. Thor was like Shakespeare with uh, with a Bifrost. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and Captain America was like that World War II period piece. And Iron Man was uh, more of kind of like the, the tech superhero. You know, there, there, was, there was different themes and vibes. Even the Hulk had a different vibe. They all felt different, and that was okay, because they came together and created a little bit more of a symphony with Avengers. It felt like there was a unification there. These are not only thematically different, they're tonally different, and they seem to be objectively different. Like, they have different objectives. Even that there, it's a multiverse saga, the multiverse works differently in Spider-Man No Way Home than it does in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, than it does in Loki, than it does in uh, in, in, in Ant-Man. Like, they, they don't even have the same rules 
to the way that the multiverse works. And hopefully they can get a little bit of a handle on that as we move into maybe a, okay, the multiverse is sort of the thing now. Um, but boy, they're going to have to land that one quick because if they don't, they're going to get lapped really quick by the Flash movie who yeah, they are. don't have to deal with a bunch of people that don't seem to have vision, a bunch of filmmakers and directors that don't have uh, vision. Movie, DC Elseworlds, baby. We got a multiverse already. Yeah, We've been building it since 1989. God bless. Uh, no, no, no. Before that, man, well, Crisis count- on Infinite Earths. We always count Crisis on Infinite Earths. What? What are you talking about? The, the comic book. No, no, no. I mean the movies. No, I okay, gotcha. gotcha. But no, but that's I'm. What I think DC's going to do is they're going to use all their all their stops and uh, make that into Crisis on Infinite Earths, and I'm really excited for when that happens. We'll see what happens after Gods and Monsters. <sighs> At least uh, maybe it's possible James Gunn has some kind of a vision for their universe, but it just seems like even She-Hulk kind of made the uh, the joke at the end of it where it's like, yeah, this is all the, Kevin is just an algorithm. You know, he's just making the, you know this up based on what people want to see. Big, you know, crazy CGI third act uh, when, when She-Hulk itself is the one that's making fun of their, your formula. Um, I'm just excited for Deadpool 3. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I know you are. I know you are. <laughs> This is the the hook here. We loved Marvel before. Mm -hmm. We love Marvel a little less now. Mm -hmm. Do you love Jesus more now? (laughs) Uh, Hold on. I know this is a weird weird (laughs) twist. Do you love Jesus more now than you've ever loved him before? Because I, I, I don't ever want my love for the Lord... I know this is like a really crazy oh, I love right hook here. I love this. Continue. <laughs> I, we use the word like backsliding, you know, that Marvel has like backslidden to, to being like, I just trust you no matter what, that whatever you're coming out with, it's worth seeing on opening night. It's worth going. It's worth buying the action figures for. It's worth, you know, getting the tie in comics for. It's worth buying the T-shirt, all the things. And now I don't have that level of confidence in it. When I first got saved, when I first became a Christian, I was so exuberantly over the top in love with Jesus without even understanding what that meant, without even like knowing. I I remember sitting on a, a bus one time with my friend Dustin Alleman, and uh, we were on a, uh, some kind of a school field trip, and kids were all around us like sleeping. It was dark. The lights were off in the bus. And I remember like elbowing Dustin because he was with me when I gave my heart to Jesus, which was like a few weeks before this. And I said, hey, let's witness Let's go tell people about the Lord. And we kind of went down the seats and the rows of the bus, like waking people up like, hey, hey, wake up, wake up. If you died tonight, do you know where you would go? And we were just pissing everybody off. And I didn't even care because I love Jesus. And he was so real to me that that I would rather be an offense to somebody and give them an opportunity to believe in him than not than than to to miss that. And I don't know if that's the level of I don't care anymore now. Like, in my mind, I'm better because I have more tact and I have more wisdom. But am I better? <laughs> like, do I love Jesus now more than I loved him then? And I, Or is it just like it's a more subtle, it's a more nuanced love, it's a richer love, but, it's, but is it deeper? And that's something I really, like, I want to make sure that I'm not going backwards in this thing, that my love for the Lord was not, like, phased one through three now and 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 now my love for the Lord is the Eternals and Shang-Chi and, and <laughs> Black Widow you know uh, thoughts I think my my relationship with with Jesus has um, changed uh, we haven't lost like I've never lost how much I love Jesus um, and my love for God um, but our relationship has changed um, where how my role has changed because um, it went it went from 
um, me needing Jesus as much as possible, like holding on to him for dear life. It's all I have left, you know, to being a, uh, a tool for him to use, a, a vessel for him to use uh, to create ministry. Uh, where I'm, and instead of just being the one ministered to, all of a sudden I'm part of his ministry. And awesome. I think even though the relationship has changed, my heart for Jesus hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's it's one of those things, if you've ever had that kind of relationship happen, um, where your relationship with somebody changes, but your feelings for that person are still the same. That's pretty much what it is. What do you think, Liz? I want to agree with that. Yeah. Um, I'm just like thinking back to when I first started, like my, my coming to Jesus again, like, like going back to him. I think it's very similar to like the honeymoon phase of when you first start like a relationship with somebody. Right. Mm. Like you're like, oh my God, I can't stop thinking about him. And oh my gosh, like he's so cute or whatever. But like, you know, in a Jesus Jesus is so cute. (laughs) But like, you're just I swear Maverick City just came out with that song. (laughs) Jesus is a hottie. Oh gosh, gosh. Anyways, so. um, If you sing it eight times over and over and over again for nine minutes, it's it's much more spiritual sounding. I hear Grammy. (laughs) (laughs) So I think like, I think my love, my relationship with Jesus was very honeymoon phasey. It was very like I was with him all the time. And, you know, I would always like want to talk to him. I would always want to be by his side. I was so on fire. And I think now because I've, I've matured in my relationship with God and I've like gotten to know him more and my relationship with him, you know, when you first, when you, when I first started dating Devin, I was very like, oh my gosh, like a honeymoon phase. But then that shifts and that honeymoon phase dies down. And now you, you change your relationship to, you know, I love you. I'm in love with you. But that like giddy that you felt kind of dies down a little bit. Yeah. Bishop Josh Martin was on our show. We talked about love, I think a couple years ago. And he said, you know, you've been married for a long time when you just poop with the door open yeah. in front of each other, <laughs> which I don't know that that's like a milestone of achievement that anybody should be aiming for, but we become more comfortable and casual with Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not that maybe we love him less, but we just take him less seriously, maybe a little bit. Yeah. I guess I just want to piggyback off of that and, and, and ask a, a question that's not really answering your question, and then I'll kind of come back to it. But I wonder how much of that is God's design. Okay. I think that the, when I knew Jesus when I was a kid, he, again, kind of similar to what Neff said, was like my everything, like I was tethered to him. I had nothing else. So I was like, you know, kind of desperately like clinging to him, which I don't think is something that he necessarily wants to go away. But like, even when I think about me in like high school and like wanting to share the gospel and wanting to help people, I think God values wisdom a lot more than I think I used to realize. So I think when I think of God's plan for my life and how much I've changed and grown, I think it just like happened to be that I got less like giddy, like Liz said, but at the same time, I think coming from a place of like understanding and knowledge, like God doesn't just want you to like be like bopping around like on the bus, like you were saying, and like telling people something if you didn't know the whole thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think when you come to the understanding of like how great God is and like all that he deserves, it kind of maybe you should be more tactful in my mind because I don't know. Does that make sense when I'm kind of I mean, it's more, it's around? more effective yeah. when you're when you're more mature in your faith, um, especially from a ministry standpoint. I mean, I, you'd be one of those people who's a brand new Christian like, like Tony when you want to just jump and tell everybody and straight up just 
tell them about Jesus, which is something you you should want to do. You, you should want to tell people about Jesus. But as you get deeper in the Word, you find out how Jesus talked to people about about His Word, how how the great leaders and orators of the Bible told everybody about God, and it wasn't just straight up yelling at people. It was telling them Jesus through parables, through stories, through relationships with people. Yeah. That's how he built uh, his ministry up. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of going off that, Lismati, you, you were talking, um, we were talking earlier today, you're, um, you're in your master's program for your school psychology degree, your specialist degree, right? And um, she's she's been, and I don't, I can't, I don't want to talk about it in details. She doesn't talk about details. There's a private thing, so I'm not trying to like get you to talk anything about any specifics. But I know that you've been interning, that you've been kind of, you're getting ready for that, where you'll be going in and dealing with students and hearing some of the different things. And and um, and you're a very empathetic person, like you have a very tender heart. And I know that hearing some of these things is going to be very difficult for you. You know, there's an emotional toll that that takes trying to bring care to kids that are hurting and they're struggling behaviorally, emotionally, et cetera. Um, and we were just talking this afternoon about like my prayer for you is that as you, per, per, you know, continue and advance in this career, that your heart would stay tender mm-hmm. because one of the risks might be once, once you've seen everything and been exposed, I've just seen it all before that, you know, you lose the sensitivity. Yeah. And it just becomes like another day at the office. Mm-hmm. And real people are hurting, but your reaction might not be as tender because you've just seen it all before. And you might be a better school psychologist 20 years into it, but you might not be as sensitive and responsive because it's more formulaic. And I think that like sometimes as followers of Christ, we might be better at doing the Jesus things at sticking right. the landing, at yeah. knowing the right thing to say and how to be a better Christian. But we might have less sensitivity to what God is actually saying because right. we know yeah. the routine. Mm-hmm. We know the dance. Or like the same thing, but kind of the other way to kind of go off of what I've understood from the table. Like maybe you were very active and very involved and very eager, but you lacked the substance or the true understanding or significance the wisdom kind of what you said julia like peter um exactly behind it so what happens then is you become more aware you become more intentional in the choices you're making and what you're doing and it's not so much about just jumping on board and doing all of the things but doing some of the things that you've been uniquely equipped to do and refined your skill in so that you can have the Mm -hmm. most tangible impact through the lord so it's finding that sweet spot between making our passion uh, yield the fruit of, of experience, but not letting our experience get us into a place of complacency. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if the answer to finding that sweet spot is just spending time with Jesus. Because I, I guess in the last year or so have been doing more things at church, like I guess more leadership type situations. And I've been talking to God kind of on and off about this concept of like, God, I feel like I'm doing all the things and I think I'm doing it for a good reason, but I don't think I'm like, my heart's not in it as much as I feel like it could be. Um, And I wonder, like, whenever I'm like worshiping alone in my car and it's not, not to say that I try to be performative when I'm doing leading worship or if I'm working with kids, because I'm doing the thing for a reason, but I wonder how much of it is like really 
like if my faith walk with God is suffering because I'm trying to pour out too much and I'm not like being fed and I'm not spending as much time in the word or worshiping because when I when I realized and had prayed about it I just started to kind of feel like no you just need to spend more time with Jesus because like when you reconnect I guess to the to the thing that really changed you like he continued and is faithful to finish working out what he started and I just similar to you Tony like I just don't want that to be like a thing that I'm lacking is that zeal that like excitement and I think that I don't know I just wonder if that's something that y'all would pray for me about because I think that I would just need to be more diligent but I don't want the answer to just be like white knuckling and disciplining myself into doing the thing like I want it to be because I love him yeah, and if you force right. yourself to do it you become you, you run the risk of becoming very pharisaical mm-hmm. like I'm going to be religious yes. about it I'm going to do the things yes. whether I uh, and, and the Bible is very clear about it so in, in, in Revelation uh, the, the book opens up with mm-hmm. uh, the revelator giving these letters these right. written letters transcribed letters to the, the churches and uh, in, in one of the, the my favorite letters um, is the church uh, of Ephesus. And um, it, it reads this in Revelation 2.2. 2. He says, I know your works, your toil, and your patient endurance, how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but you've tested those who call themselves apostles and who are not and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary. So this letter opens up with a heap and helping of praise. Like, you've done the things. Mm-hmm. You show up. You're there for volunteer huddle. You're there to do the job. You're, you're at the gym hustling for your spiritual muscle. You know, you're actually doing the things, but... It says, I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Go back to your first love. Go back to your first love. Repent, yeah. I just want to, I want to love Jesus I don't want Jesus to just be the guy that sh- that is my, like works with me. You know, he's in my office, and and then I, I don't want Jesus to be the guy that I, I talk about like he's not in the room or have a favorite playlist to, that sings about him. Like I don't, I don't want Jesus to be just the guy who. Well, who do you work for? I work for Jesus. You know, what like, master do you serve? Let <laughs> <laughs> me say Jesus or something. Um, I, I I just I want it to be more real to me than ever. And I don't want it to become routine. And I don't want it to be like, I, I don't want to coast on the momentum of old victories. I don't want to right. sit upon my laurels or anything like that. Uh, I want to be creating new memories, new uh, things to celebrate, new occasions for praise. I want my relationship with God to be deeper and more passionate. And that doesn't necessarily mean like a hot or cold thing. All right. And I'm not going to get into the, the church of layout to see it from the next chapter. But I mean, I, I, I want it to be a real applicable following in my life that I can always say, Jesus is my first love. I have returned to my first love. My first love is not preaching. My first love is the one that I preach about. My first love is is not praising. My first love is the one that I praise. Uh, my, my first love is not seeing signs and wonderful miracles and, and revival. My, one, my, my first love is the one who revives us and who performs the signs and the wonders. And, uh, and that's where I want to encourage you guys. Um, and forgive the the sort of on ramp to this talking about Marvel, but you know we we can all sit back and and be old men and old women and talk about the great thing that God used to do, 
we can all we all have the DVD collection of the the first movies, Phase One, Two, and Three, the Infinity Saga, and we can say it was near perfect. They stuck the landing. Uh, Infinity War and Endgame were flawless. I mean, we can we can celebrate those things, but the story is still moving forward. We're still writing new adventures. We're still bringing new characters into the mix. He's We're st- doing a new there's thing. there's still new villains to overcome, and God wants to do a new thing. Mm-hmm. And if it's and, and if we're showing up, and it's just like you know what, it'll be fine. It doesn't have to be that good because people are going to show up for it anyway. I don't have to pray. I don't have to to spend time with God. I don't have to do whatever because I can just remember those old things that we talked about. I, I just want to challenge you, encourage you to keep it fresh, change the sheets, you know, like, like keep the story moving forward because there's still a lot of story to tell. There's still a lot of adventures to be had and, uh, and there's still a lot of glory that God wants to get out of your life. Well, then with that, we have put down the landing gear and we are circling the tarmac, ready to bring this Quinjet in for a landing. Uh, but before we do, um, I want to say with a heavy heart um, that tonight will be the notorious JCC's last regularly scheduled Nerd of Godcast episode. Julia I is leaving us and moving to another town. So this is your chance to apologize. Oh my goodness. Um, I'm going to miss you guys. Um, I don't want to cry, but I already am. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Liz is going to post about it on her Facebook. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I'm, I'm going and I feel like it's a God-led thing that I'm doing. So I, I just... I asked for prayers, and I'm going to be praying for all of you listeners, for everyone at the table, everyone who's not at the table tonight, but this has been so awesome, and I know that I'll come back and visit at some point, but like you said, it might be a while, when we don't know when. So, um, very excuse sad. you? What do you mean? <laughs> well, yeah, for you, duh. <laughs> duh. That's like... But, you know, this is, this is great radio, you guys. <laughs> the, the charades game you're playing I'm across the table. I'm pointing at my uh, engagement ring. I'll be back for you. <laughs> to, to further clarify, they're not engaged to each other. No, no. <laughs> Julia is engaged to Lismati, however. So. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, well, we, we want to thank you. You have been um, a, a great part of our show and our family uh, ever since the days when you would just show up and I didn't invite you, and it was like, why is she here? Yep. And uh, <laughs> you, you came along, and you always add a lot to the conversation. I appreciate your uh, your sensitivity and your your passion for God, your passion for people, and uh, you have been a tremendous blessing to the Nerd of Godcast family, to uh, the ministry, to our church, and uh, and to our lives. And uh, I just want to say thank you uh, from all of us here around the table, from the Nerd of God squad at large, uh, the notorious JCC Julia Cameron Colazzo. Uh, we bid you. Adieu, uh, fond farewell, and uh, many, many blessings. Um, we uh, we will come and get you and mm-hmm. bring you home <laughs> as soon as you say you made a huge mistake. <laughs> this was a big mistake. I I've, I I missed God on this one. We will come and, and pick you up in the middle of the night and bring you home. So we're gonna road trip. Just grab all of our old cast members. We're gonna go to Ocala, grab EJ. We're gonna go all the way up to New Jersey, grab Tori. Then on the way back, we'll grab Jay. We'll grab Julie on the way down. And we'll just bring him back here. I've only got I've only got two extra seats in my vehicle, so we you, you got to pick two of them. <laughs> <laughs> Not important who. 
thank you. But Julia, we, we love, love you. you. We bless you. Is there anything we, we can you. do for you? Oh my gosh, just pray. Because okay. there's a lot of unknowns, but yeah. I'm I'm not worried about them. I don't know. God's been so faithful thus far. And I just have not just like a good feeling, but like total faith that things are going to be good. Yeah. Whatever that looks like, I don't know. But um, just prayer that I don't lose sight of him, I guess, is the prayer. I love you guys. Well, we love you too. We so appreciate much. you. And thank you for being, as Ollie says, fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, we'll maybe have you send in a couple uh, silly jokes uh, in the future. So we can, <laughs> yeah. we can I'm sorry in advance. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening tonight. Love Jesus more. Please be, please be part of the conversation. Uh, connect with us on social media. If you haven't already, leave us a review wherever you're listening to podcasts. We love stars, especially when they come in one, two, three, four, fives. And uh, again, visit patreon.com slash nerdygodcast to be a financial sponsor. Uh, we will see you. We'll see you at the Megacon uh, at the end of uh, March right here in Orlando, Florida. You can get information for that on our website. And uh, we love you. We bless you. And thank you for being with us tonight for the Nerdy Godcast. Lovely Lady Lisa Mati. Make good choices. Megacon Liz. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> the big man Quentin Gregory Neff. Hasta luego, mis hermanos y hermanas. Nick, wow. the engineer. Goodbye. And for the last time, the notorious JCC. Bye, guys. Until then, I'm Tony T. We ain't got to go home, but, but we, we can't, can't stay here. here. Are we done? This was a triumph I'm making a note here Huge success It's hard to overstate My satisfaction your science We do what we must Because we can for the good of all of us Except the ones who are dead But there's no sense crying over every mistake You just keep on trying till you run out of cake And the science gets done And you make a neat gun For the people who are still alive I'm not even I'm being so sincere right now Even though you broke my heart and killed me And tore me to pieces And threw every piece into a fire As they burned it hurt because I was so happy for you now these points of data make a beautiful line And we're out of beta, we're releasing on time So I'm glad I got burned Think of all the things we learned For the people who are still alive Go ahead and leave me I think I prefer to stay inside 
Maybe you'll find someone else to help you. Maybe Black Mesa. That was a joke. Ha ha. Fat chance. Anyway, this cake is great. It's so delicious and moist. Look at me still talking while there's science to do. When I look out there, it makes me glad I'm not you. I've experiments to run and there's research to be done on the people who are still alive. And believe me, I am still alive. I'm doing science and I'm still alive. I feel fantastic and I'm still alive. And while you're dying, I'll be still alive.